You know, always on the day of the hike, we have special fellowship. Tonight we have special fellowship. Because we have a special burden. And we'd like to uh, spend this time tonight with, you know, these always special fellowship is more like a talk, not like a message. It's a chat. Not like chatting on the internet, but like me and you having coffee together. Okay. Tonight the title, we should turn in our outline to the outline that's called Special Fellowship. It should be on your page 31. Is that right? And the title is called The World Situation and God's Move. And what I'd like to do is turn to the verse sheet and let's read a few of these portions together, okay? <clears throat> let's begin by reading Revelation 1.10. Okay? Let's read it all together. Ready? Read. I was in spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. I was in spirit. Are you in the spirit? Amen. Okay, let's turn let's go let's read the next portion, Revelation 4, 1 and 2. After these things I saw and behold a door opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here. And I will show you the things that must take place after these things. Immediately I was in spirit. And behold, there was a throne set in heaven. And upon the throne there is one sitting. Young people, look at the end of verse 1. This is chapter 4. You know, the book of Revelation is written with four revelations, four visions. The, the first vision is the vision of the local churches. Revelation 1, 2, and 3. Then from Revelation chapter 4 to about Revelation 16... You have the revelation of the world. And in particular, the judgment on the world. Then in Revelation 17 and 18, you have the third revelation, third vision. This is the vision of Babylon the Great. And then finally, in Revelation 21 and 22, beginning with chapter 19, you have the vision of the new Jerusalem. 
All four of these visions begin with a man who is in his spirit. Chapter 1. I was in spirit on the Lord's Day. Saints, we have to be in the spirit. Then in chapter 4 it says, immediately I was in spirit. We have to get to our spirit immediately. Tonight, young people, saints, you have to promise me you'll stay in your spirit. Because we need to see what John saw. Look what it says. Come up here. Come up here. Come up where? Come up to heaven. John went up to heaven. In spirit. And he saw something. He saw what was about to take place. There, it was almost going to happen. <clears throat> and then it says, immediately I was in spirit. Tonight, what I would like to fellowship with you about are the things that are about to happen. The young people today have to realize that we are at the end of this age. There are indications all over the place, everywhere. Convincing us that we are living in the, in the final moments of the church age. <coughs> The kingdom will come. The kingdom will come very soon. You say, how many years? I can't tell you how many years. But if we're in the spirit, we will realize, oh, we can nearly hear the footsteps of our Lord. Tonight, I would like to uh, share with you a few things. But let's start with reading Roman 1 first. <clears throat> let's read Roman numeral 1 together. We must live in our spirit to be men on earth with God's heart, men to whom heaven can be opened to see the vision concerning the destiny of the world and the present situation of the world. Tonight, brothers and sisters, we have to be men on the earth with God's heart. Lord, we open up our heart to you. Speak to our hearts tonight. Impress us deeply with where we are What is going on? We would not be befuddled. Lord, may we be those that are in this Roman point. Men to whom heaven can be opened. Lord, make, make us like this. Please, please do that tonight. You know, in the recent 
just this year, in the year 2011, there has been a number of significant indicators. Any one of them should give us a deep impression that the Lord is coming soon. But when you put them together, oh, oh, what, a, what an impression. Number one, at the beginning of this year, there was a lot of turmoil in the Middle East. You know, the Middle East is one of those places where you have to always watch. The turmoil in Egypt, overthrowing Muammar Gaddafi's regime. Uh, I'm sorry, not Gaddafi. Yeah, what's his name? Yeah, Mubarak. I'm sorry. Yeah, Mubarak. Gaddafi's still there. Yes. Well, you know, saints, this is very significant. Because Egypt had this kind of relationship with Israel. And now that's over. But we don't know what will happen with that. Right? We don't know. Then Libya. And you saw in the news, maybe you, maybe you noticed, maybe you didn't. So many of these Middle Eastern countries were all in turmoil. Bahrain, Yemen, even now still Syria. So many places, so many places. All stirred up, stirred up. You know, Brother Lee was always watching this, this kind of thing. Because he was watching the world situation as it developed to the end of the age. The political situation in the Middle East is very volatile. Recently, President Obama gave a speech. That gave a sent a message to clear message to Israel. That America may not stand with them. This is serious. This is very serious. You look at the Middle East and you see the situation developing with Iran and the nuclear weapons. They're developing missile systems that can deliver nuclear warheads abroad. They have openly declared their desire to annihilate Israel. And this 
This war is prophesied in Ezekiel 38. And it names the countries. You know, it names Russia. It names Egypt. It names Libya. It names Ethiopia. These northern African countries, together with Iran, it names Iran. And it testifies that the Lord, God himself, will put hooks in Russia and bring them into a war with Israel. So when you see these things happening, it makes me shake inside. Is it going to happen? Will it happen now? When will this happen? Okay. You watch Israel. In Matthew 24, the Lord, when he was telling the disciples, what to watch out for. They asked him, when will be the consummation of the age? What are the signs we should look for? He told us to keep our eye on the fig tree. When you see the fig tree becoming tender, the fig tree was cursed by the Lord Jesus as a picture of Israel. And it was, and, and it was dried up at the roots. Israel lost its nation 2,000 years ago. Then miraculously in 1948, because of the world's sympathy for the Holocaust, the United Nations gave Israel some land in the Middle East and they partitioned and Israel became a nation. They had to fight. They had to fight. The day that resolution passed, war broke out. I wish I could, I wish there was time I could show you the stepping stones of God's move in the last 100 years. Szkoda, nie mam czasu, żeby pokazać wam wszystkie te kamienie milowe pańskiego poruszania się. That was a great step. To był great wielki, step. Po, wielki, wielki krok. 19 years later. 19 lat później. 1967. roku. They, in the Six Day War, they recaptured Jerusalem. W ciągu tak zwanej wojny sześciodniowej odzyskali Jeruzalem. Another fulfillment of a great prophecy. Kolejne wypełnienie wielkiego that Israel, Jerusalem, would be trodden by the Gentiles until the time was fulfilled. This is in Luke. 
That was June 1967. Another thing that should impress us deeply that you can just about hear the footsteps is just, just, just coming, just coming. The prophecy is when you see the fig tree becoming tender and, and putting forth its tender branches you know that summer is near even at the doors. Israel, be, I mean, the fig tree becoming tender is 1948. Putting forth its tender branches is 1967. That's 44 years ago. And now we're watching. What's, what's next? What will happen? This is the political situation. Another great part of the prophecy of the end of the age is related to Europe. Antichrist will rise up in Europe. His kingdom will be the revived Roman Empire in Europe. There will be ten kings that he gives his authority and power to. We can't say that it's the European Union. We don't know that. The way the Bible describes it is is uh, that it is the revived Roman Empire. And we know that Antichrist will be probably of Greek descent. And as you watch this whole thing play out in Europe, the European Union coming together becoming strong being united this should make us wonder when, when Lord when will Antichrist come when will he rise up You know, the Bible does not prophesy about the United States very much. There's just a little indication about America. This should impress us that America will not be a major player at this time. You watch America come down. And you watch Europe come up. And then you know, you know, this is it, this is it. Some brothers told me that the financial crisis of October 2008, that most people don't quite understand what happened. That was 
very covered by the politicians. But that in a matter of seconds, there were trillions of dollars that were lost. Investments and value plummeted. The whole world, the whole world was teetering on the edge of an utter and absolute financial collapse. Most of us, we just are living, and as long as mom gives me a few euros or dollars or pounds to go to go to school with, we're happy. But, but the whole global economy is extremely tentative right now. It's very fragile. There are economists in America. They are not believers. But they're predicting the collapse of the American dollar this year. 2011. But the brothers, you know what the brothers said? Some brothers that are in this realm, they said Europe will go first. Collapse. The euro. The euro. Collapse. Can, I, I'm just, you know, I just hear these things. And then you look at the financial situation in Greece, and I believe also in Ireland. Is that right? And you need in Spain and Portugal and, and a number of places. And you need one of them to go down, and then pretty soon they start pulling everybody down. And then there's just this entire domino effect. Everybody goes down. So the first thing that we should notice is... This is point number one, is watch Israel. This should give us a deep impression. The second thing we should watch, look at the arrangement of the world. The arrangement of the nations. Europe has never been united like it is today. And that never has there been a time like today where an Antichrist could rise up. And then you have to watch the Middle East. Not just, I mean, apart from Israel. Let's, let's turn in our verse sheet to another, another portion of verses. Page 33. 
strona 33. Let's read Acts 17, verses 26 and 27. Let's read it together. And he made from one every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, determining beforehand their appointed seasons and the boundaries of their dwellings, that they might seek God, if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, even though he is not far from each one of us. Look at that verse 26. He made... Who, who made? God made. Every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. He determined beforehand their appointed seasons and the boundaries of their dwelling. He determined when Antichrist will come up. When this will go down, how this will rise up. We should be watching these things. We should be aware of this. As the young overcomers, the young Nazarites, in God's move, we should be watching these things. They should not be a surprise to us at all. Okay. The third thing is that you have to pay attention to the environment. The earthquake in Japan in early March, March 7, March 6, 7 also should leave a deep impression. Saints, this is unheard of. 9.0? earthquake. That's 100 times stronger than an 8.0. Followed by the the tsunami that immediately followed wiped out 30,000 people. Just like that. Just like that. You know, a few years ago, there was a tragic earthquake in Haiti. Two hundred thousand people perished. Then there was the earthquake in Chile. Again, eight point seven. Then Christchurch, New Zealand. Then Japan. It's like this circle of fire. The next one will be off the coast of Washington and Oregon. Will that be a nine? Will that be a ten? Do the Americans need to wake up? Do they live too comfortably? 
You know what the Bible describes this as birth pangs. He said this is the beginning of birth pangs. When a woman is pregnant and is about to deliver, it begins with pains. And they come, and then they go. It's a warning. Here comes the baby. Then another one comes. Pretty soon they come faster and faster. And they're harder and harder. This is what we're watching, saints, in the environment. It's coming faster and faster and harder and harder. In Matthew 24, he says, this is the beginning of birth pangs. We are we're witnessing the birth pangs. We should not be like befuddled like the rest of this world. You know, something very interesting happened because of the, uh, the earthquake in Japan. And it might surprise you for me to talk about this. I think this is incredibly interesting. You know, there's an entire global move to become green. Everybody should take care of the environment and go green. And we should try to get away from fossil fuels as an energy source. Oil, petroleum. We have to get away from coal and oil as energy source. And we have to go to green energy sources. And while all the environmentalists are trying to get away from global warming and, and in fossil fuels, the Lord moves his little finger. And an earthquake happens. And it changes everything. I don't know how accurate this is, but I heard this. <clears throat> if you add up all of the green energy sources, wind, Solar, all those. And everybody, everybody went to this type of energy. You could only drop the world's dependence on oil by 1%. Unless you factor in nuclear energy. 
If you factor in nuclear energy, you can impact the world's energy a lot. But the earthquake in Japan, that tsunami took out this nuclear power plant and caused a, a meltdown. Now everyone is terrified of nuclear energy. So the world's dependence on oil will go unchanged. China, America, all the developing countries are gobbling up as much oil as they can. Do you know that the Bible prophesies that there will be an army of 200 million that will come to the Middle East? Do you know that the population of the earth when, Re when the book of Revelation was written was not even 200 million? W czasach, gdy była pisana Księga Objawienia, liczba ludności na świecie na pewno nie, miał, nie wynosiła 200 milionów. But when the Bible prophesies that 200 million will come from the east, from China, ale gdy Biblia prorokuje o tym, że 200 milionowa, 200 milionowa armia przyjdzie wow. z wschodu, z Chin, who would have thought? To możemy, no, to, kto by pomyślał o tym? You know what Brother Lee said? This is in 1967. He said they're going to come for oil. You know, in those days, a gallon of gasoline in America sold for 25 cents a gallon. And we were driving cars that five miles to the gallon. But today, you realize they'll come. They'll come for the money. They'll come for the oil. They'll come. The Middle East, Israel, will become the center of the whole earth. And the Persian Gulf become the center of the attention of the whole earth. So just this one thing, oil, tells us, watch, just watch. Well, I'll mention one more thing. And this is also prophesied in Matthew 24. And this is the gospel of the kingdom, Matthew 24, 14. Matthew 24:14 says, "And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole inhabited earth for a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come." This gospel of the kingdom. And now, as we are observing the spreading of the Lord's recovery and the testimony of Jesus. To the Arab countries, to the Arab-speaking countries, local churches are being raised up. 
Qatar, Saudi Arabia, four local churches. UAE, the United Arab Emirates. Already, there's churches going into the Middle East to all of these Arab countries. Saints, this also should impress us deeply that the end, the end will come. The end will come. The end will come soon. So we have to be men on the earth who are one with God's heart. We know His desire. We know His need. We know what is on His, his heart, deep in His being. And we offer ourselves to Him in the splendor of our consecration, in the day of His warfare. We're not taking care of ourselves. We're altogether taking care of His interests, His move, His, his recovery. This is what we're here for. Okay, let's go back to the outline. Point A says the Lord sovereignly arranges the world situation and the kingdoms of the world under his heavenly rule so that the environment might be fit for God's chosen people to receive his salvation and be prepared to be his bride. Pan w swej opatrzności przygotowuje sytuację na świecie i wszystkie królestwa świata, które podlegają jego niebieskiemu władaniu w taki sposób, że aranżuje okoliczności sprzyjające temu, by jego lud przyjął jego zbawienie i przygotował się do tego, by stać się jego Let's jump down to point C. Let's read this one all together. It is a historical fact that the world situation has always been the indicator of the Lord's move on earth. The carrying out of his economy has much to do with the world situation. The history of the church also shows that the world situation is the indicator of the Lord's move on earth. Today, the Lord needs, you should underline, the Lord needs the truths of his recovery to be spread to the whole earth. America, America is being used by the Lord for his recovery. Today we're in the final stages of the Lord's recovery for the carrying out of his New Testament economy. The greatest revelation in Ezekiel 1 is the wheel within the wheel. The wheel within the wheel is the Lord's move in our move. When God's people move, God moves. If God's people do not move, God has no way to move. Okay, let's read Roman 2 all together. The Lord's recovery among us was initiated through Brother Nee approximately 90 years ago. Recovery of the practical church life is still prevailing. 
The Lord initiated his recovery among us in the Far East, and it is still growing there. Saints, it was in 1922 the first local church was begun by Brother Ni in China. It was in Chi Fu. Uh, Fu Chao, sorry. Soon after that, Brother Ni was excommunicated. He was kicked out of the church. So, again, the Lord began in 1926 in Shanghai. And then the church life began again in 1926. In 1933, Brother Lee joined Brother Ni in the work. There's a big step, a big step. Brother Ni invited Brother Lee to the work. Brother Lee had a, had a work already in, in northern China in Chifu. He dropped it because he saw that there's only one flow of the Lord's work. And he joined himself to Brother Ni. In 1937, there was the, uh, I believe that's the date, Marco Polo Bridge incident where Japan was invading uh, northern China, the beginning of World War II. Right away, the Lord, the Lord was beginning something to end the age. Right away, war breaks out. To stop the Lord's move. It was that same year Brother Nee bought a piece of property to begin his first full-time training. And that building was destroyed and taken over by the, by the Japanese invading army. Brother Ni wanted to have a training. But the war stopped it. Do you see how valuable the, the training is to the Lord's move? Satan will stir up a world war to stop it. In 1938... Right around there, Brother, Brother Nee saw something about the body of Christ. It's like, it's like Satan, I mean, it's like the Lord takes a step and Satan attacks. The Lord takes another step. Satan attacks. So it's attack and counterattack. In 19... 42. Brother Ni was excommunicated again from the church. Can you believe this? The minister of the age, the seer of the divine revelation, due to the jealousy of the brothers, 
He was out. He was out of his ministry for six years. 1943. Brother Witness Lee was imprisoned by the invading Japanese army. Only for a month. But because of that imprisonment, he got tuberculosis. Nearly to die. Brother Nee is kicked out. Brother Lee is in bed. Satan was attacking, attacking, again and again, attacking. Do you see this? Do you see it? Watch it. Watch what happens. Brother Lee recovers 1945. He, his health is recovered and he can begin to serve again. It would seem like Brother Nee is out. That would be the most urgent time for Brother Lee to be in the, in the ministry. And then he gets put out because of sickness. World War II ends, 1945. The churches again begin to grow. They begin to thrive. They begin to, to come back. 1948, Brother Nee is restored to his ministry. But then right away, immediately, Less than one year, the communists took over Mao, the revolution, wiped out the entire recovery on the whole, whole country. Brother Nee called, called a special, a very urgent co-workers meeting. He said, Brother Witness, We believe you have to leave the country. You have to go out. Brother Lee was devastated. He wanted to remain. Take care of the churches. And die if he had to die. For the Lord's move, for the Lord's testimony. But Brother Nee said this, he said, what if Satan wipes us out? See, these brothers knew what warfare was. Satan wants to wipe us out. You have to get out. So that what the Lord has shown us could be preserved. Brother Lee left, went to Taiwan, 1949. And the Lord's recovery began in Taiwan in 1949. They experienced a great revival there. 400 saints became 50,000 in the church. And then the enemy came in again. A rebellion and turmoil. 
in the church. From within the church, some rose up to rebel. And you know what they did? They didn't leave the church. They stayed in the church from 1967 to 1963. Uh, 65. Undermining. Undermining the church. Undermining the ministry. Causing division from within. This was the first training center was destroyed. In 1948, Brother Nee bought another piece of property for a training center. Cooling Mountain. He used it for less than or for about one year and then it was taken over. Satan. Oh. The training, the training. Oh, it's vicious. Two times. World War. A revolution. In 1962, this rebellion in Taiwan forced Brother Lee out. And that's when he came to America. And that's when the Lord's recovery got out of the Chinese language into the English language. Can you imagine 60-year-old man coming to a foreign country, giving messages in English, praying in English, with, with heavy Chinese accent. The proud Americans could hardly stand it. But he was the minister of the age. There was a small handful of seeking Christians that loved this ministry. And the, re and the recovery continued to grow. 1970, the first big migration started going out. 1971, well, you know, you could say Africa was opened up in 1970, Australia, Australia, where else? Oh, South America, South America, yeah, all of this was, was in, this, in this period. South America, 1971, Europe. Once it hit the English language, then the recovery went global. It went global. 
zastosowana w języku angielskim nastąpił rozwój na cały świat. Now the Lord was doing something on the whole earth. The gospel of the kingdom was going to the entire inhabited earth for a testimony. Nineteen seventy-eight, seventy-eight, a big rebellion stopped, stopped the growth, and the outside opposition, calling us a cult, calling us crazy people. Do you see, saints? I, I want to impress all of the young people the cost, the price, the history. You need to know your heritage. You think you just came along. No, you, you need to understand something. It's battle after battle after battle. Brother Lee went back to Taiwan in 1984 for the God-ordained way. 1986, full-time, full-time training, Taipei. Big rebellion. You know what the condition of those rebellious ones in 1987? They said, Brother Lee, shut down your full-time training. Close your full-time training. This was their demand. Eventually, what happened? The Lord got the victory. But Europe was gone. During this rebellion, Europe was wiped out. I told you this. Europe was wiped out. A thousand or more saints were taken out of that, of the recovery. Satan is cruel and evil. And he hates, he hates this to the uttermost. Do you know why? Because the Lord's recovery takes steps. It moves on training. The Lord's recovery can spread exponentially. The truth can be released the same, all because of training. What Brother Nee wanted to do in 1937, finally, got through in 1986. 50 years later. That was a 50-year battle. He got through. Now there, there are 15 training centers on, on the earth. Brother Lee always expected that the Lord would come back in his lifetime.
I heard him talk about this. I heard him talk about this. He expected to see the Lord. But he also realized we're growing too slow. And the Lord and the enemy has delayed the Lord again and again and again. He came in. He came in. The opposition from the outside and the rebellion from within delayed the Lord. Then in 1994, Brother Lee saw the high peak of the divine revelation. In 1997, Brother Lee went to be with the Lord. And now it's, it's us. It's, but in these last 14 years, Since our brother Lee passed away. The Lord's recovery is still going up. It's still spreading to the whole earth. This is a great proof that this is not a move of man. All the opposers said, well, When the big tree is cut down, all the monkeys will scatter. That means Brother Lee is the big tree and we're all the monkeys. And when he dies, it'll be over. But it's not over. This is where I got on. I came to the Lord's recovery. The first meeting was in January 1968. I moved to the church in 1970. Right after I finished high school. I've been in the Lord's recovery for 41 years. And it's awesome. It's awesome. To be in the Lord's move. To have a part in his final move is the highest honor, the greatest privilege that any human being could possibly be given. There is nothing like this. You read the Bible, you read the Bible stories. And you think, my, that's awesome. But young people, do you realize the opportunity that is being given to us? The privilege to serve the Lord in the final moments of the church age. To be here 
at this time to have a part is too precious. Absolutely too precious. You say, why did he call us? Why? Why, why us? There's no, no way to say. But he did. He called us. Why, why me? Don't know. We're not better Christians. We're not more consecrated. Do you know these people that led these rebellions? Some of them were leading, leading co-workers. Much more constituted in the truth than me. Much more absolute than me. Why am I here and, they, and they're not? I don't know. It's just His mercy. Do you understand that this is your heritage? This is your family tree. This is, this is the shoulders on, on which you are standing. To be in Europe, in, in this age, at this time, is the most crucial thing. Look at Roman numeral three. Let's read Roman three together. Europe, in the consummation of the fulfillment of the vision concerning the great human image in Daniel 2, is more vitally crucial than any other country and race. The crushing of the two feet of the great human image will be the crushing of the entire human government. More vitally crucial than any country or race or continent. Europe. The Lord is calling you to be his testimony in this continent at the end of this of the church age. I hope this little history lesson can leap, leave a deep impression on you. That the Lord needs us. He needs, he needs us. He needs our consecration. He needs our desperation. You know, actually, I, I, I should probably get to the point. He needs Nazarites. This is what he needs in Europe. The Lord needs Nazarites. Nazarites. Real, live, absolute Nazarites. 
They see it. They understand it. They count the cost. They pay the price. And they never look back. They will be the ones who will end this age. Tonight, I just had one thing in my heart. I want to call you to be Nazarites. Be the Nazarites in the year 2012, 2011, 2012. 21st century Nazarites. What do you think? You know, I don't care whether you feel excited about this, you feel inspired about this, because the excitement will not last. The inspiration may not last. When you count the cost, you have to count the cost. It may cost everything. For many of you, it may cost your life. When Antichrist rises up, he will hunt Christians and kill them. You don't want to be here during the Great Tribulation. It will be a terrible time. Unimaginable time. The believers who will not be Nazarites. The ones who still prefer to love the world. Will be under Antichrist persecution. Until they stop loving the world. And then they'll be raptured or then they'll be martyred. That's it. There is no good end to this story. The only way out of this is to be an overcomer. You're in Europe. That same kind of persecution may not take place in America or in Australia or in Africa or in South America. But it will happen in Europe. You can, you can bet on it. The whole world will be under the plagues of the Great Tribulation. All the world-loving Christians will be left here so they could love their world until they hate it and have to get out of it. What we're talking about, young people, with this story in Exodus has never applied more than it does today. You have to be impressed with the intensity of our situation and the urgency of our situation. 
czego nigdy nie było w takim stopniu jak, jak dziś. To be a Nazarite means you give up. You give up the worldly wine. You won't eat grapes. You won't drink the wine. You won't even take raisins or the skin or the seeds. You will stay away from that source utterly. What this, what this means is the, the wine and the vine is the worldly source. You know, we sing this song that the Lord needs Nazarites. Right? In this godless age, Lord, you need some Nazarites, some Samuels. Burdened with a vision clear of your economy. Where's your ark today? Where's the ones who'd care for you? Even to put themselves aside to gain your heart's desire. Then the prayer, raise up some to meet your needs, some Nazarites. Prophets, priests, judges, and men of prayer. I'm very, very aware of my time. So I have to be clear. Today, do not think that Satan will not come again to wipe out his recovery. He's right now looking for opportunities to come in and wipe out his recovery in Europe again. I've never had this kind of feeling like this until this week. Last night, we, we talked about this. He'd like to come in through the young people. The Lord goes to the young people always when he wants to take a step. And Satan also would like to come in and wipe out the young people. There's no time, there's no time for me to develop this. but through your relationships you could be completely disqualified. Ale poprzez 
związki, które zawiązujecie. Your friends. Przez przyjaciół, których macie. You can be Wasza completely neutralized. Będzie całkowicie unie, unieważniona, anulowana. But not only that. I nie tylko to. The looseness between the males and the females in today's society and here in this camp is alarming to me. It's, it's disturbing. The looseness between the males and females. I don't want to give a message or talk about boy-girl relationships like that. But I would like to challenge every single one of you that you would not let Satan into the church through your Looseness. What the Lord has gained here is too precious. But a little here, a little there, everybody's doing it. It's modern. It's the way things are. You know, I have about 2,000 friends on Facebook. A very popular. But what I see on Facebook is extremely disturbing to me. The looseness. There's just no, almost no boundaries. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what, actually I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm here, I, I don't know what to say. I don't want to just say don't have a boyfriend, don't have a girlfriend. It's much more than that. You need a boundary around your being. You need a, a definite a decision. Concerning your heart. Are you going to open your heart to that? Or not? Are you going to let the Lord be the Lord? You're going to let Him decide. Or are you going to be just like all the worldly people and just do what everybody does? In the church life, there's a whole underground kind of culture. All the young people know what the young, other young people are doing. In my generation, we're oblivious. We don't know what's going on. But you all know. You know who's going out with who and who likes who and who... It might be, it just might be, that Satan will not need to raise up a rebellion. 
że szatan nawet nie będzie musiał wzbudzać jakiegoś buntu. He can just wipe out a whole generation. Po prostu zmiecie z powierzchni całe pokolenie. Because they were incorporated in this age. Ponieważ zespolili się z tym światem. They become one with the age. They think like the age. They dress like the age. They talk like the age. The age is their norm. They don't see who they are. They don't realize their vital position in God's economy. So my my prayer and my cry even what I, I consider my poor kind of utterance is to beg you to be today's Nazarites. You close up your heart. You decide. No, that's it. In that Nazarite song, it says, we will await your timing, fully subject to your will. I don't know where that is. Okay. First uh, two, last line. Yeah, that's poetry. That's the problem. Anyway, just say it. <laughs> Sisters, forgive me to talk to you. Siostry, przepraszam. Please, close up your heart until the Lord's timing. Decide. Make a decision. You're not a victim of your heart. We've seen this. Lots have done this. Brothers, do the same. Treat the sisters in purity, not looseness, not goofy, goofiness. You understand what I, what I mean? Then, oh, you, you'll be in the full-time training together. You'll be serving together. You'll be praying together. You'll bring the Lord back together. You'll be the army. You'll be the dispensational instrument that will close this age. You open up yourself to the flesh. You can be disqualified. Not too long ago, a brother contacted me. College student. He said, I'm, I'm so, such a failure, I'm so defeated. Jestem pokonany, po prostu upadłem. He fell into some 
first into a relationship. Once the heart gets involved, it, go, it goes out of control. Then he's in a relationship of fornication. With a sister. In the church. Oh, I rebuked him. He said, how could you do that to your sister? What kind of a person are you? What's wrong with you? You could destroy a vessel like that without any thought? Then, so well, maybe, maybe, maybe the Lord wants to us to be together at some time. We told him, impossible. Impossible. You don't know how much suffering you will bring on yourself. You begin in the flesh, you end in the flesh. You begin that relationship in the flesh. Can that foul tree bring forth good fruit? It can't start that way. It never starts that way. Don't play with this. The whole age is pushing this, pushing this. Probably in the whole continent, this is the only place is telling you this. It will, it will take you out of the game. Please, I beg you. Right now, close your heart. Open your heart to the Lord, close your heart to everything else. Someone reaches out to you, you just say, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not open. When the time comes, before God, you can open your heart. Then it starts in the spirit, in, in fellowship. Now, I don't want to leave you with the thought that if you have failed in this, it's impossible to be useful. No. Tomorrow we're going to see the Passover. We're going to see the power of the blood of the Lamb. We're going to see His forgiveness, His kindness, His mercy, His faithfulness to recover all kinds of cases. So then you say, well, then why make such a big deal? Because most of the people that go down this path never come back. You all know what I'm talking about. Better than I do. 
be today's Nazarites. 21st century Nazarites. We've seen the vision. We've counted the cost. And it's worth everything. We paid the price. And we never look back. Then you can join this story. And you can write the history that is still waiting to be written. You will be sent. You will go. The bride will be prepared. The body will be built up. The army will be formed. And the kingdom will come. Fight for this. Okay? I think we need to pray. Please, let's just pray, okay? Pray for ourselves. Maybe very, just personally, personally. Just pray to the Lord. Quietly.